here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Shake Them Ropes, episode 153. Rob McCarron here. Jeff Hawkins joins us shortly. This episode is sponsored by MacWeldon.com. MacWeldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Right now, save 20% on your first order. MacWeldon.com. Use the code VOW for your shirts, socks, underwear, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and much more. The best stuff you wear, premium fabrics, feel great. MacWeldon.com. Check it out. Very easy shopping experience. They support us. We hope you'll support them. Use the code VOW and you get 20% off your first order. Jeff Hawkins and myself, we talk Brock Lesnar and much more. Now on Shake Them Ropes. I'm here to fight, baby. Seth Rollins, get your ass out here, boy. When I show up, it's business time, baby. That's what I thought, baby. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. never thought of losing but now that it has happened the only thing to do is to do it right that's my obligation to all the people who believe in me we all have to take defeats muhammad ali well daddy wanted to record so we record yes we came a bit early but don't worry that happens to many good podcasts today at the very least we're going to get to brock and the ufc nxt takeover preview and our top 100 match jerry lynn versus rvd from 1999 hardcore heaven I'm Jeff Hawkins, not the elder statesman. I'm just elderly. Joining me as always, the host of Shake Them Ropes, Rob McCarran and Rob. <clears throat> I'm not like most girls who only take just what they're given like a plastic little princess. Lucky for me, I'm not like those girls who only take it all for granted. All they got is what they're handed. Lucky for me, I'm not like most girls. That music is growing on me. I don't know. I now you may have song. ruined it. You may have ruined that, it. That and Asuka's theme. I love them both. Well, Asuka's so. theme is great. And having, uh, you know, seen Asuka enter the ring when I went to uh, NXT, the live event in Indianapolis, and obviously you saw NXT uh, TakeOver in Dallas, so you were there for Asuka doing a live entrance. That music is even better live, actually being yes. in the building as she walks to the ring to that song. Um, but yeah, you just killed Nia Jax for me. Excellent. And I, 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 I live to serve. I live to serve killing your dreams. Yeah. So you kill my dreams, but, uh, that's a, uh, basically on topic here is this is going to be our NXT takeover. The end preview show. We are recording on a Monday. We are releasing on a Monday. People are going to be getting this in their podcast feeds as WWE raw is on the air. So a little bit early today, we are going to have two episodes though. We are going to be here on Monday and we were going to be back on Thursday with our NXT TakeOver reaction show, as well as any hot topics from Raw and SmackDown. Plus, we will have two top 100 matches this week. We're going to talk about RVD and Jerry Lynn today, and then we're going to talk about match number 30 on our countdown on Thursday. So two episodes this week uh, to make up for the fact that we can't do a live show on Wednesday night because Jeff has Hollywood acting stuff or something, and I, uh, yeah, I'm just unavailable. I think Thursday was going to be better for the two of us. 
oh, sure, reveal what I have and then just play coy with you. No, it's, it's a couple of different things. One, I don't think huh? I'm going to be able to watch TakeOver Live on Wednesday right. uh, due to work obligations. Um, and my the, uh, okay, well, now this is just going to give Celia Bloom some ammo, but you know I have a girlfriend, Jeff. Really? Very, prou very proud of this fact. Oh. Um, yeah, she knows. Uh, okay. Legally, she has to for th certain things to happen. <laughs> um, she, is, uh, she is away for work for about four or five days. I believe it's four and a half days. And she comes back on Wednesday. So mm -hmm. when the girlfriend comes back, you can't say, oh, it's great you're back, but I can't see you or hang out with you tonight because I have a wrestling show to watch. Didn't work this time. So uh, Wednesday night is going to be the return night. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch TakeOver on Wednesday. I might have to watch it on Thursday. You're going to be scrambling to watch it between all mm -hmm. your stuff. But we will have an episode of Shake Them Ropes on Thursday talking about that show. I'm very excited for the show. I can't wait to preview it uh, later on. We were going to talk about, you know, Brock Lesnar, uh, Goldberg. We're going to have our Twitter question of the week and much more. Uh, but we are the heart of the show will be our NXT takeover preview. And we're kind of back to the basics with takeover. I mean, there's five matches. There's not a lot of uh, crazy stuff. We have, you know, what seems to be a traditional thing now with takeover is where a new, a new star debuts in a quick, easy little match. You have your big main event. You have the big women's championship match. American Alpha are going to see if they can cement their reign as the tag team champions. So there's a and also this is going to be the uh, last takeover before not only the WWE brand extension, but also the Cruiserweight Classic. So mm -hmm. we're going to see uh, Manny Andrade, Andrade uh, Almas debut here. And he can mm -hmm. potentially be a big factor in the Cruiserweight Classic. So this is kind of a momentous show and we'll get through uh, all of that. But yes, Wednesday night is going to be very tough for the both of us. Uh, it is not going to happen for a live post show, but hopefully we will be back for uh, Money in the Bank, which is next Sunday. Money in the Bank. So next week on Shake Them Ropes, when we get back to our traditional time of Tuesday, that'll be our Money in the Bank preview show. Uh, we'll talk about all of that. So uh, hopefully nothing crazy big happens on Raw tonight, Jeff. But as our resident Raw reviewer, at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Do you foresee anything crazy happening on this Raw tonight that most people will have already seen by the time they listen to this? No. I think it's going to be, you know, you're going to have AJ Cena continue. You're going to have all the Money in the Bank participants probably. That's what we should do. Face, let's, let's face each other in let's, something. Let's recap Raw. Can you believe that they gave Cesaro the big win tonight in the, uh, the six-man? And oh my gosh, the seventh person in Money in the Bank. Could you believe who they added? Mm. And John Cena getting his revenge on the club. I wonder what they're going to do with John Cena and AJ Styles at Money in the Bank. This Raw was, uh, it was a show. It was a Raw. That Iron, that Iron Man between Golden Truth and Breezango really filled the second hour. Yeah. No, I, I was surprised that they put <laughs> Kane back under, under the Undertaker garb. I mean, they must not feel like Undertaker's coming back. So now Kane is going to be the Undertaker again. Yeah, very, very interesting episode of uh, WWE Monday Night Raw in USA. All right, enough of this nonsense. Enough of this nonsense. You know what's nonsense is how hot it is in the studio. Mm. It is oh. hot in the studio right now. How hot is it in your studio? I'm in this, it's, it's pretty hot because I've turned off the air so we can record, and I'm in a oh, place no. with, triple, with triple digit temperatures. So let's, let's get rolling here, brother. It's a nice steamy 79 degrees here in, uh, in Fort Wayne. But the, uh, mm -hmm. the studio, the room, is uh, much warmer because the air doesn't flow Super well, uh, but we are going to talk I, about, let, yeah. let's get in. I'll get into it for you. 
Okay. Because you want to go take a shower and put some ice on no, you and cool down. No, no, I got, I got, I got blackout curtains. We're good. You got blackout curtains. Have you had any blackouts so far? What do you have? You have, you mean, do you have brownouts you over mean, there? Or do you have actual blackouts? Mentally? Um, <laughs> not mentally, no. Not mentally. Um, we have, ro- we've had rolling blackouts before when the uh, generator is, uh, is overloaded with Southern California because the infrastructure. So yeah, no, I've suffered through that. I suffered through it. God, the worst was 90 six or 97 at uh when i was working in theme parks and the rolling blackouts actually affected the ride and it took an hour and a half to get back up and we already had a four-hour wait so yeah that's, <laughs> that's no good we can't be having that no it's a good whopping 98 degrees at least in the studio right now i am not dodge i know You're i'm dodge. not I, i'm Let's not go. i'm not in sync with my air conditioner but you know what jeff hmm? i'm comfortable you want to okay. know why no pants. I got no pants on, <laughs> but I got my underwear and my no, nice white TMI. t-shirt. No, no, I'm cutting this off. Let's I got my t-shirt from, Rob. no, you, you listen to me, Jeffrey. I'm comfortable. I don't need pants to be comfortable. I'm in the studio by myself. I, you can't see me. We're not doing a video show. Although nice I, cool I do fear. Hat to munch on. I tell you what, no, I don't have a hat to munch on. CM Punk's never fighting in the UFC. But I do worry sometimes when we start this little Skype, because obviously you are not in the studio here with me. You are in Los Angeles. I'm there in spirit. I worry sometimes when I'm not wearing the appropriate attire as if I was going out that the camera will be on on Skype and I'll have to quickly cover it up. Like there, there have been many times where I've started our Skype calls with the hand over the camera hole just to make sure you're not seeing anything that not only you don't want to see, but I don't want you to see. Rob, I want to see it all. It's happened many times. It's happened many times. <laughs> not going to lie. But I am comfortable because I'm wearing my Mac Weldon's. MacWeldon.com. Mac Weldon is better than what you're wearing right now. You know, I may not have gotten all the swag that Joe Lanza and Rich Kreich did. but And you may not have gotten any swag, Jeff. Zero. But, but let me tell you. Mac Weldon, for premium comfort, go to MacWeldon.com. They are nice enough to be sponsoring our podcast this week. They're sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling and Shake Them Ropes podcast. So go support them. If you like this show, go support them at MacWeldon.com. You will get a big time rush knowing that you are one of the coolest new kids on the block and you're Mac Weldon's and you will stay cool. You can save 20% on your first order. Save 20% on your first order at MacWeldon.com by entering the promo code VOW. That's VOW. When you're checking out at MacWeldon.com, you can save 20%. It'll be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. Joe Lanza can attest to the hoodie part of that one. Go to MacWeldon.com today. Very good stuff at MacWeldon.com. Save 20% by entering the code VOW. The hot topic on everyone's minds, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar is fighting at UFC 200. We're not going to get into all the hullabalub about... You know, Ariel Hawani and all the chaos that Brock Lesnar's news caused behind the scenes. We're going to talk about Brock Lesnar. He is a current WWE superstar, even though he hasn't been in the ring since what? WrestleMania. Correct. But he is currently with WWE and WWE is allowing him to fight at UFC 200. A mutually beneficial deal, I truly believe. So he is going to fight. Mm-hmm. He's going to fight Mark Hunt. An interesting fight. It's not a main event of any you know type. I mean, Brock Lesnar hasn't been in the ring for years. He's been in WWE, but he's been training since WrestleMania. Uh, before we get into the heart of it, what did you think when you heard that Brock Lesnar was coming back to UFC over the weekend? Shock, obviously. I'm going to be in town for that fight. 
uh, allegedly, <laughs> unless I unless life changes happen this week, which is a very big possibility. Um, my first thought is Brock Lesnar is going to lose ninety percent of the opponents they put him up against, and he may not be available for SummerSlam. I think Mark Hunt's going to hurt him. This, look, I love Brock Lesnar. I loved his run in UFC. But towards the end there, when the end, when after the comeback from diverticulitis, he can't take a punch. Can't take a punch to the be- body. Can't take a punch to the face. Mark Hunt is a puncher. Mark Hunt has great stand, great takedown defense, and Mark Hunt could probably beat him on the ground if he wanted to, with jujitsu or something. I don't see Brock winning the fight in any way. Now, I think he gets knocked out, probably trying to take down Hunt and Hunt gives him elbows to the head or something to that effect. But, you know, he, I think he is jeopardizing going to SummerSlam. I know a lot of people go, no, no, there's no way. But you know what? If he's suspended by an athletic commission, I'm not sure he's allowed to participate in SummerSlam despite, you know, you know, especially in New York where he'd probably have to be licensed, I think, in some way. Someone else can attest to that, but I, I don't see him winning – the only person I could really see him winning a fight against, and I didn't even think that was maybe like an Arlovsky or a Barnett, but I think Mark Hunt's bad for him, to be honest yeah, with I'm you. Yeah, I'm not really worried about, you know, analyzing the fight itself. Right. No, I, mean, I know it, you're it's not. A guy you're, 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 it's you're a guy who's been away for three years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll look at it from WWE side. Obviously, it's a big thing for UFC. I mean, Brock Lesnar is a proven draw for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Darren Ravel tweeted out a couple of days ago, that it was a good thing that they got Brock Lesnar because they were going to stand to lose tens of millions of dollars on UFC 200 uh, after the Connor and Nate Diaz situation. Now, Darren Revell didn't mean that they were going to lose money on the show. He he meant that they were going to lose base or comparatively speaking to what Connor versus Diaz would have done. And now you got Brock Lesnar back in there. It's a pretty stacked card already. And now you have the, uh, you have the casual factor for casual fans, for pro wrestling fans to get Brock Lesnar in there. So from the UFC side, it's a, it's a, it's probably good for them. It's, it's a moderate fail safe because you're still going to be losing millions because Connor and Nate with a full camp with all the trash talk would be millions of buys. And, and yeah, no, I, I, I agree with uh, Darren on this. It's a nice piecemeal, but, and it's good for the freak show factor, but you're still on the macro losing millions, but, you know, you're not, but the show's not going to lose money. Yeah, it's probably not. It, you know, adding Brock Lesnar is probably not as big as what Connor and Diaz in the main event would have done, but it does help bridge mm-hmm. the gap a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. What I thought was the interesting conversation, obviously, from the pro wrestling standpoint, is what this does for WWE, if anything. And what I've been seeing a lot of the, uh, the pro wrestling uh, pundits out there saying is that this is a pretty big risk for Brock Lesnar. And I wanted to ask if you felt the same way. If it's a big risk, actually, for WWE, because, you know, it's somewhat of a risk for Brock, but for WWE's side, letting Brock Lesnar out to do this, you got Court Bauer of uh, of MLW and their podcast network saying that he got a text from someone in WWE saying that it's a horrible move for WWE to be letting Brock do this. And I myself don't necessarily agree with that. But where do you stand? Is this a is this a big risk? Is this a minimal risk? Is this no risk? What do you see as the uh, side of WWE here by letting Brock Lesnar go to fight in UFC 200, announcing on their Twitter that they expect him back for SummerSlam? I think that part's a huge risk here. I you know, in terms of the character of Brock, if he loses, does he lose that badass credibility a bit, but not? Not 
to the point of people tuning him out, but he becomes another guy in some way. But Mark Hunt could break his arm if he really wanted to, rip it out of its socket, and then Brock's not available for SummerSlam. He could knock him silly. He could concuss him. He could do a lot of things. Fights, funny things happen in fights. You know, Brock could tear something in training. So, yeah, it's a huge risk for WWE if they see him as a huge draw in terms of buys and, and network subscriptions. Yeah, it's a huge risk. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to get into. Because talking about risk and reward for Brock Lesnar fighting, we'll, we'll say Brock Lesnar loses. Right off the bat, we say Brock Lesnar loses this fight. WWE in their press release makes it clear this is a one-off opportunity. They're letting Brock Lesnar go to fight Mark Hunt in UFC 200 and that he'll be back at SummerSlam uh, in August. So they expect him back, you know, a month and a half later at SummerSlam. So what if Brock Lesnar loses? You talk about the credibility factor of, of uh, Brock Lesnar. I don't think that takes a big hit. And the hit it takes isn't going to be driving fans away. Brock Lesnar lost his last two fights in UFC before returning. I think once he's the heavyweight champion, which he has won at UFC, that really can't be taken away from him. The credibility True. stays. You won the world title. Yeah, you're not as good as you were at that peak, but you know you went off to UFC and you were dominant for a short time, and we all saw that. I don't think losing here, when everyone knows he's not in his prime as far as fighting age goes, isn't going to be too devastating for the aura of Brock Lesnar. An aura, by the way, that has been kind of going down ever since he came back to WWE. I mean, he, it, the fan reaction to him is, yeah, he's going to go kill somebody. But when it comes to a big match, I, I didn't sense too many people really getting into Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose. I think the craziness hype for Brock Lesnar has died down just because it would for almost anyone who's been around for the last three years, the last four years. So I don't think it's a big hit if he loses. Now, if he gets knocked out. If he gets knocked out and actually is forced to miss SummerSlam, that's where I think just the very small minimal risk is. Because does he add something to SummerSlam? Absolutely. Especially if your plan was to put him in a, in a title match with Roman Reigns or whoever the champion is on whichever brand, depending on what they do with the brand split. That is probably the only risk I see here. And I think it's a minimal one because if you keep Brock Lesnar off of SummerSlam, I don't think it hurts you that much. You're still going to have the same monthly subscribers to the network. You're still going to have people wanting to see what they do with the uh, the first pay-per-view after the brand split. Because you have that battleground show, but that'll be like the same week as the brand split. And I don't think they're really going to be splitting too much because they would have had to build that pay-per-view for a month already. So this is the first true pay-per-view after the brand split. I think it has an aura to itself already. And SummerSlam has been pretty hyped lately. I don't think you need Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam to make that pay-per-view a huge deal. So even if he misses that show due to, due to injury, you can get the return of Brock Lesnar later on. You can, you can get that same hype at a uh, survivor series, or even if you wait to the Royal rumble, I don't think it hurts you that much if he misses the pay-per-view. So those are the two like risk factors, right? Or if he loses and if he gets hurt in losing, but I don't, I don't see like you that he's actually going to get hurt that bad. I don't think, I think Brock Lesnar's smart enough to, you know, if he's getting punched out, he's going to, he's going to go down. He's not going to take it for too long. He's not going to be this. Yeah, he's going to turtle up. He's right. going to turtle up. I think, I think he's going to hit in the body. I think he's going to get hit with a hunt kick probably and just go down like a, like a, like a wet rag. But you know, I, if they're planning on having 
the big program with Roman Reigns, I think it's a risk. I do. Although you could then build it that Roman Reigns, you know, is going to beat the hell out of a guy who couldn't hack in the UFC. You you can do that. And that might be I a just, situation too where they they don't even book him. They change plans on that. Maybe it's Bray Wyatt. Maybe mm -hmm. it's someone completely else because they can't, you know, what if Brock Lesnar misses the show? We can't set him up for something very big if he's not going to be around and he's going to be fighting in July. Not, I mean, he's not going to even show up until battleground or after. So you have right. time to determine right. what you want to do with that. Uh, if he is forced in some way to miss the show, New York is an interesting state because New York is obviously the home of SummerSlam. They are regulated in pro wrestling by the New York state athletic commission. So mm -hmm. if he does get a medical suspension of some kind that lasts over 30 days, if he is out. knocked out or whatever, in theory, yeah, he would have to be off this show. He would be. He would have to be off the New York show. Let me put another hypothetical here. What are the chances Vince has Brock pull out at the last minute? Oh, I don't think very big. I, I think at this point, when you have an a, announcement of a fight, of a return, and everything is all set, all those contracts are signed, there would be a severe penalty if Brock Lesnar pulled out due to his WWE contract. Mm. I think it would be a very severe penalty that you know, because UFC is probably going in saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, this isn't a contracted fighter of ours. We're going to make sure everything is legit so that we don't get screwed if we're going to build a huge match at UFC 200 with Brock Lesnar. We're not going to get screwed by him pulling out at the last minute. So there's something going on there where there's going to be some type of penalty if he doesn't end up fighting, uh, it, you know, not due to injury or anything like that. But if there's no reason. Well, no, no, no. WWE well, I mean. I don't think they'll give a legit reason for him pulling out. I think they'll say he was injured in training. Yeah, but also at the same time, Brock Lesnar wants that payday. He's not doing True. this if he doesn't want that payday. So he's not going to be like, oh, WWE, you can't pull me. We signed a deal. I'm not pulling out. He ain't He ain't getting out of this just because Vince wants him to pull out. It's not happening. Unless, unless Vince, money's thrown his unless, way. Yeah, but, you know, double his deal just to not fight at UFC. When UFC, and this is where I talk about the reward. There is a lot in this for WWE. You are you have a, a legit chance here again to get UFC fans, to get MMA fans who were brought in by this Brock Lesnar news to maybe check out SummerSlam after this or check out the WWE Network for a month. You're going to have promotion on the UFC show, probably in some of the buildup to the UFC show. This is a pretty good advertisement for WWE. This is an advertising opportunity. And... The biggest reward of all is if Brock Lesnar actually wins. Then he gets that hype all back. And then he's a if, big deal. If he he's wins, a huge deal again. Yeah, if he wins, it's great for them. I disagree on the good ad. I mean, it's good advertising for WWE. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think the crossover. I mean, it's not the same as wrestling fans and those interested in the car wreck to see how a pro wrestler does in MMA. I don't think it's reciprocated necessarily. I, I, I think there's, there's a lot of crossover. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think the... Yeah. The, well, now that he's won in UFC, let's see how he does in pro wrestling. I don't think there's that factor. Well, not that, but hey, Brock Lesnar, this cool guy, always oh, going to wrestle a match. I'll, I might check out the network if it's free for a month, you know, free WWE network for a month. You can watch the UFC pay-per-view in that very same month, sign up and see Brock Lesnar wrestle in WWE. This guy just beat Mark Hunt, which is a brilliant move, too, because you're going up against a Mark Hunt guy who is beatable, but he's also mm. a guy that no none of the experts think. Uh, that Brock Lesnar is actually going to beat. So the expectations are super low. Anything he does, even if he stays competitive, he is beating expectations. So this is almost a perfect fight as far as uh, PR standpoint for WWE. I, when you look at, you know, 
the worst case scenario is him losing and getting knocked out or getting an injury and not being able to wrestle at SummerSlam. You know, a lot of the same pundits who were talking about how Brock Lesnar is no longer a big pay-per-view or network draw are now suddenly saying that this is a huge negative for WWE if he misses a pay-per-view. I just don't think that at this time in 2016, when we've seen Brock Lesnar on pay-per-views for the last four years, he is that big of an advantage being on the pay-per-view versus not in comparison to the reward that you get if he actually wins the Mark Hunt fight when you actually get the advertisement in front of UFC fans. I I think the reward drastically outweighs the risk. There are risks, but I think they're minimal in the terms of WWE. I just don't see, I, I think the advertisement in front of UFC's minds and Brock Lesnar winning are going to be bigger than Brock Lesnar possibly missing SummerSlam when he's missed the last you know three pay-per-views. And SummerSlam's going to have hype going from NXT being on the Saturday before the the brand split and everything else. I think SummerSlam's going to be okay if they have to do without Brock Lesnar. Well, Brock not having the R is the fault of WWE more than anything. Oh, yeah, sure. They put him yeah, in. No, they hey. put the, that build the WrestleMania was pure prop comedy. Right. Oh, as, I, as, oh, we, as we mentioned. But that's where the we only are. Way he that's gets where we are. The, well, that, the only way he gets that arrow back is with a win. If he loses, then, yeah, it hurts him. It hurts him even more, I think. So, I mean... In theory, I, yeah, but then I agree you have, with you about 50%. Oh, if he loses, then then you have a pissed off Brock Lesnar who comes back and just destroy They could actually build him back up on WWE TV they if could. they wanted to. And they if could. they did. And, and yes, that would make a compelling story. But it's Vince. <laughs> it's Vince and, and the tough guy Ara may not be there. And it may get, you know, oh, look, look at the the shine is lost on the toy on this tool. Let me put it in the box and go play with Dean Ambrose for a while again. The shine is off the tool, but uh, Brock Lesnar is not the only one we might be talking about a comeback for. Uh, True. Bill Goldberg. Mm. Bill Goldberg was announced for the WWE 2K uh, video game. He's going to be the, the pre-order bonus in the game coming out later this year. And you're starting to see Goldberg stuff pop up back on WWE.com and WWE shop. So yes. the question is out there. You asked me on Twitter today. You, the question is out there, right? Is Goldberg going to wrestle another match with, uh, with WWE? Well, th- the reason I asked was I, I follow a Twitter account called WWE Network Updates, and they started uploading a lot of Goldberg. I don't think he wrestles just yet. All right. I think the, the, the negotiations are preliminary. I think this is all a push for the video game and for pre-orders. Oh, absolutely. No, I would agree. And if, he, if he's going to come back, then WrestleMania is going to be the place. I don't think it's going to be mm-hmm. a uh, a sting situation where he wrestles prior to that or shows up prior to that. I think he's, he'll he'll show up in the build up to WrestleMania and wrestle at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, putting him on the network is certainly a big thing. Get people familiar with Goldberg so that they're actually motivated to go purchase this video game because now they know who Goldberg is if they're unfamiliar or you remember who Goldberg is. I think it's very possible he could be going in the Hall of Fame this year at WrestleMania 33. I think that's a possibility, but maybe he wants it's to work possible. one more match. Okay. Yeah, maybe he wants to work one more match. And hey, maybe maybe Brock Lesnar does get hurt and does go out. You need uh, you need Goldberg to step in there for Brock for something going on later this year. Maybe that's going to be a thing. But yeah, that is uh, that is certainly interesting talk. Uh, obviously, the hype isn't around Goldberg like it is with Brock Lesnar, right? Well, it, it's it's time and the era of recency. I mean, 
Goldberg hasn't been in the public eye in a very long time. He, he has a certain R about him. And then even, you know, his his less than glorious exit out of the WWE, you know, means something to the, you know, pure WWE fans who always thought everything from WCW had to automatically suck because it wasn't, you know, from Vince because that's what they've been told for a number of years. Let us know what you think about Brock Lesnar's return to UFC and whether it's a bad thing, good thing, or neutral. Maybe it doesn't mean anything for WWE. Let us know on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. You can email the show, Rob at VoicesOfWrestling.com. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see because you know, pundit-wise, it seems like everyone's taking the anti-WWE train, but I, I just don't see how this is bad in any way. Uh, for WWE, especially where we're at now, if, if Brock Lesnar was going to come back for his first match at SummerSlam and hadn't been back with WWE and then loses this, maybe that's bad for him. But mm. uh, the way we are right now, I don't think it's that bad. And maybe he does miss SummerSlam. Maybe someone else steps up. Maybe Finn Balor, who again, I, I've been hearing all week. People thinking Finn Balor is coming up to either fight AJ or join this club. No, you know, we got the brand extension. Finn Balor very well may be coming up, but everyone wanting to tie him to this club, I think is a mistake. I think the, the day of Finn Balor being involved with the club uh, has come and gone. Do you see differently? Not yet. <laughs> I just don't think WWE is tied to the idea that Balor has to be. And we got, uh, you know, WWE shop uh, is discounting Balor club merchandise. It seems like they're going mm. away from the Balor Club usage, at least in NXT. Or maybe, they, you know, maybe we'll get new merchandise that says Balor Club or whatever. But as of right now, they're discounting that merchandise. And you usually only see that when someone is released or if, yes, new merchandise is coming their way. Uh, but we don't hear a lot about the Balor Club anymore. So we could just be seeing the club and Finn Balor is going to do whatever he's going to do. He's he's not Merch, tied Merchandise to is coming. <laughs> More merch is coming. Merchandise is coming. The Villains got new merch at WWE Shop. Uh, so they got actual WWE merchandise. Sami Zayn has new merch at WWE Shop. So now they're they're fully welcome to the main roster. You can get all your WWE Shop stuff at VoicesOfWrestling.com, WWE Shop. Uh, support the show at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop. But yeah, new merchandise up and running. Um, I, was, I was checking the Twitter feed too, and... They had NXT house shows over the weekend. They were touring again. They toured in the uh, Midwest. They were in Indiana on uh, Thursday, I believe it was. Thursday mm -hmm. or Friday. They were in Atlanta at Center Stage, a place near and dear to your heart, is it not? No, not really. Not really? Okay. I never liked Center Stage. <laughs> well, there you go. It seemed like a cool I thought venue, it, I though, thought it helped pictures. I thought it helped I thought it helped ruin WCW in the transition from Crockett to move from Techwood to Center Stage. I understand why they did it, but it just seems very very it, it you know that and Disney. Well, we're, just those types of crowds those, those there was never really any good promos cut at Center Stage. There was never really anything. You know, the the, the most memorable thing to to me that happened at Center Stage was the debut of the Dangerous Alliance or the introduction therein. So, and we talked about the Dangerous Alliance last week on the show in mm -hmm. our top 100 a, matches. A very well received show. So, I thank you all for the feedback. Yes, thank everyone for uh, for listening and for uh, taking the time to interact with us based on the Wrestle War 1992 match we talked about. Thanks everyone too. Uh, we've gotten some reviews coming in on the iTunes. Uh, feed if you are listening via iTunes or even if you're not if you have an Apple ID go to our iTunes store 
and uh, and give us a rating or review. It would certainly help us out. It allows other wrestling fans who don't know about our show the chance to uh, find our show based on the iTunes algorithm. So it'd be super cool of you if you go to uh, our iTunes page and leave a rating and review. It only takes a moment. You can visit bit.ly backslash str itunes bit dot ly slash str itunes and give us a rating and review uh we got some fives we got like a two in there so you can rate us one through five you know rate give us whatever rating you want i'm not going to sit here and pander for five so it'd be super cool if you gave us fives but you know i feel like we want to earn it right jeff yes now what were you going to say about these nxt house shows well i was bring up the nxt house shows just for the fact that you know they continue obviously to build towards this uh this NXT pay-per-view that we got coming up on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. um, and we're seeing some new talents. We saw Tino Sabatelli on the weekend shows. We saw Daria from Tough Enough actually went on the tour this week too with Carmella. Yeah, she replaced Noof, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess uh, maybe. Okay. I don't remember okay. if, uh, I don't remember if uh, Aaliyah was, I think Aaliyah was still on the shows in Florida, so I don't know if they necessarily yeah. replaced her. But uh, we did get some interesting lineups there on those weekend shows. So new talent on the way. We got this. We got this brand extension coming up in a month. So you got to get some new talents out there. I'm actually. Uh, I may be the only one in the world excited for Tino Sabatelli. You know, we we watched Breaking Ground when it was on when season one was on, and I thought Tino Sabatelli along with Baron Corbin were the best parts of that show. I think Tino Sabatelli. Oh, no, 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 what, no, what no. Better? Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz was better than Tino Sabatelli. I don't, in terms of in terms of how they built him, in terms of being a charismatic white meat type babyface. I don't but, necessarily know if he was great on the show or what they did around him was great on the show because they did make him look like he was a, a super nice guy and a guy that you wanted to see succeed. But I don't know if there was anything necessarily that he did to portray that when I'm talking about like an individual actually portraying something and, and making you care about him without the video packages and all this, I thought Tino and Baron Corbin, you know, Tino Sabatelli looked like he has the mindset to succeed. He comes from a place where he expects to succeed and uh, you know, he's not going to be welcomed. I don't think by all the NXT fans, cause he's not an indie darling and he's not a guy that they think paid their dues in wrestling. And you know, he's come up with the WWE system, so he's probably not going to be, you know, super indie work rate or whatever, which is great too. I, but I, I think, I, I think Tino Sabatelli okay. has the chance to potentially rise up the ranks and be the, the straight guy, the base for the Austin Aries is the, the Shinsuke Nakamura's the, you know, kind of the role that the drifter is playing kind of the role that Baron Corbin was playing, develop a character, be the opposite, be the guy that the fans want to boo in in order for the favorites, and that's a perfectly good role too. I I like that Tino Sabatelli is getting more chances in NXT, and I'm actually excited to see when he shows up on television. I'm I'm fine with him as an athlete. I'm fine with him as a performer. I'm fine with him getting chances. I disagree strongly that he was the second best thing about breaking ground. Nevertheless, they couldn't decide whether or not he we want they wanted us to like him or hate him. Because he did some total douche moves. Oh, he was total on douche. there about halfway about halfway through the series. You wanted to hate him, even well, though they built him up as this likable guy on the comeback trail. It was so they they didn't have a character arc for the guy in terms of editing. I think. So, oh, I don't know. He was he, this football player that expects to be on the cards, and you know he, he doesn't get on the cards. Fantasy book and your fantasy. Book I'm not fantasy book. I'm just I was watching the show. This is what he was. This is what he was okay. on the show. He was a guy that expected because he came from football. 
And Baron, you have Baron Corbin, and you know, the scene in Breaking Ground when Baron Corbin is telling Tino that, you know, we're the two best guys here. We came from football. We know what we're doing. We're going to beat everyone up. Thought was great. Look, one moment you have him going, man, I'm really going to try and buckle down here and, 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 and work on this knee and doing the comeback and then getting demoted into the beginner's class and you're rooting for him. And the next you're seeing him with custom-made suits with his name on them and driving a Maserati to an indie show. See where you, so, you know what? You look at it as they were trying to play him babyface, like getting us to root for him because he was sent out yes. to the beginner class. I see it as that was a little bit of hope spot for the babyfaces. I, I see that as, okay, you know, you got the heel was knocked down a little bit, but eventually because he's such a star from football and he's got all the cars and he's got all this stuff, he's going to rise again and we're going to hate him even more. I didn't see that wow. as let's pull for Tino Sabatelli. I was watching they didn't make the him show. A dick. They didn't make him a dick from the get go. So, I mean, that that's why, no, episode one hour or minute, like five, they had him. Oh, he's had a setback and he's trying to make his way in. It, it was a, it was a swerve it, at best, at best, at worst. It was poor planning. I hope he's the star of season two. <laughs> I just hope there is a season two. Okay. Right. I do too. I like the show a lot. I do. I, I did like that show. I hope there's a season two. I wonder who we're going to get on it. Maybe we'll get Oni Larkin. Do you see that Easy. name? Yeah. Oni Larkin. Is that the name? The new name for Biff Busick. Oni Larkin. <laughs> I can't even. Let's get to the takeover I thing. I do wonder if it's going to be like Dolph Ziggler, because everyone laughed at Dolph Ziggler's name when he, when he showed up on Raw as Dolph Ziggler. I wonder if Oni Larkin, you know, as you say it more and more, it might kind of, uh, it might kind of you know, stick on you a little bit. Oni Larkin. Oni Larkin is in the ring. Oni. When fans start doing the Oni, 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 Oni. Something like that. You just ruined him for me. Thanks. I ruined him. For, so you ruined Nia Jax <laughs> for me. I ruined Oni Larkin for you. Uh, get used to it because Oni Larkin's going to tear up that Cruiserweight Classic. Going to tear it up. Uh, we can get to this NXT TakeOver show. NXT TakeOver The End. It is the end of the Samoa Joe Finn Balor feud. Who will become champion? Who might leave NXT and go up to the main roster? Or maybe they just both stay in NXT and separate. I don't know. And that's the real drama, isn't it? The real drama of their show, is other than leaves? the main of, other than the main event, <laughs> yeah, who, is, who's going to be is, there? Is, is is who's going to be there? Because the brand extension being what it is, you're expect, but on paper, if you look at this card, you're going, oh, this is an easy one to predict, other than the main event. I have, yeah. If you were, if you were not taking into play the brand extension, I think it right. is somewhat easy. Uh, to predict, at least, you know, we're saying that beforehand, you know, everything is easy to predict theory. until it's not. I have an odd theory about the brand extension, what they might do. Maybe it's not. They may just bring, they, they just may bring all the champs from NXT up to SmackDown and make those the second champs on that show. Oh, maybe and then, NXT and then, add, and then add it. Yeah. And then add an IC or, or us title program to it. And then you got your four belts over there and or you nothing. have all the same. Maybe you keep all the current belts on Raw and you have all the new belts on because that would even it up a little bit. Yeah. NXT champion becomes the uh, brand champion, maybe. I don't think you would go that strongly because I don't think Samoa Joe or Finn Balor can be your brand champion. Oh, but you could set up Samoa Joe and Cena. Yeah, but then John Cena is fighting, you know, some, maybe it'll work. 
Maybe mm-hmm. it'll work. I don't I don't know if you can make Samoa Joe the champion of SmackDown right away. I'm not saying he's not, not right, fit to be not champion right away. of SmackDown. It's, well, he would technically no. be right away, right? If he was no, coming No, no, up. no, it's vacated. It's the winner of the NXT. The NXT champion takes on the number one contender between whatever match, Cena and AJ, let's say. Oh, okay. Well, if you do something like that, maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll work a little bit better. I, that's an interesting theory if they do that. But you're right. I mean, everything is easy to predict until it actually happens. Then you were like, oh, oh my God, how did I pick this? How did I pick that? Uh, I don't know if the show with, you know, the brand extension looming with Bailey's injury on television. Breaking news. Oh, we have breaking. Oh, you're going to do the breaking news to me right now? Yeah, just right now. And it's WWE related in some ways. Well, it better be. I don't want you giving me like election news. Well, because it pertains to things we talk about. Okay. Official PWG. PWG. Their Twitter, their Twitter just posted a picture of the Cody Rhodes list yeah. with Bola checked off. Oh my gosh. Well, then that basically confirms when Bola is going to be September 2nd, 3rd, and 5th. Why not the 4th? Yeah, why did I skip the 4th there? You were thinking of the August uh, weekend before where he's off on Saturday. Yeah, I was actually. Or where he has a show instead of doing just Friday then. September 2nd through the 4th. September 2, 3, and 4, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, basically confirms that Bola will be that weekend, the weekend of Labor Day. Uh, Cody Mm -hmm. Rhodes working Bola. Cody Rhodes is running through this checklist because, you know, when he's available as of August 19th, his first match uh, is going to be at Evolve. His first match is going to be at Evolve, where it's likely he's going to face probably Chris Hero. And then the next weekend, he's doing that Northeast Wrestling, where he's wrestling both the Miracle Mike Bennett and Kurt Angle. And then the weekend after that, he's going to be working Bola. Mm. It's a crazy, yeah, that's a that good money. first three weeks. I mean, good for Cody Rhodes. Make but that paper. Make that paper, but also get what you want. I mean, this is a very good chance. I, I'm hoping he's ready. You know, because this is going to be a huge first impression. He can't, more people will end up seeing the Evolve match, not only because it's his first one, but because it's going to be live on iPay-Per-View and it's going to be out there. More people in the uh, independent scene, if you will, are going to see the Cody Rhodes match than the two Northeast wrestling matches, even the one with Kurt Angle. You know, more people will be live at that show. uh, But as far as talking about it online, I think that very first match with, Maybe Chris Hero, maybe someone else is going mm-hmm. to be ultra important. And then, of course, Bola, you know, it'll be released three months later and you'll really get to see how Cody Rhodes did. But there will be talk from that show, a lot of big talk from that show. So Cody Rhodes, his first three weeks with WWE or without WWE, uh, big one. So that is important breaking news from our mm. resident PWG correspondent, yes. Jeff Hawkins. Jeff Hawkins. I was thinking about this earlier today. You know, oh. talking about NXT and talking about Cody Rhodes. And uh, it came up, too, with uh, with Raw when they referenced how long Kofi Kingston had been there. How important timing is to pro wrestling. Yes. Because anything, ma- anything show business related. Yeah. If CM Punk was coming up right now, this guy's main eventing WrestleMania, no problem. He, mm. I mean, he's doing maybe not WrestleMania, no problem, but he's he's as big as AJ Styles is. If not bigger, he's getting or the he's Finn matches. Balor. He's a big deal. In well, that, that's another part of the timing. If Finn Balor had waited two years to join WWE, two years, 
Maybe he doesn't go to NXT. Maybe he's the one coming in in the AJ Styles role. Okay. Timing is so crucial because, you know, Finn Balor was one of the first ones to kind of start this NXT wave. You know, they had Sami Zayn in, but Sami Zayn had been WWE-ized by then. Like he had been there. He was an NXT guy. Finn Balor kind of started this wave of, of all the big signings and coming into NXT and shocking the world. Maybe Kenta did. I guess Kenta was probably the first one. But Kenta and Finn Balor come in when they want to booster NXT. And now they're boosting the main rosters. Imagine if they were being, you know, signing guys now. If Shinsuke Nakamura came six weeks later. Timing is so big in, in wrestling. And Cody Rhodes now is coming in at a time where if this were five years ago and you don't have all this crazy independent wrestling where they want to sign the WWE guys, he probably goes to TNA. He doesn't do all this independent work. He probably just goes to TNA and wrestles who they got there. And now you're going to see Cody Rhodes, bona fide WWE star at PWG and evolve. Because this guy is not only trying to show the fans what he can do, but I do have a feeling that he's, you know, at the end of the day, he's trying to show Triple H what he can do. Because I don't think Cody Rhodes is done with WWE in his mind. No. He wants to, he wants to do what CM Punk couldn't do in main event WrestleMania. Will it work? He wants to be a big deal somewhere. He wants to be a big deal somewhere, but the only place you can be a big deal, you can be a big deal on the indies, but in theory, the goal of being a big deal on the indies is to get to WWE and be a big big deal there. Um, New Japan, it sounds like it's going to happen. I mean, this guy's making everything else happen. So why wouldn't wrestling Katsuyori Shibata happen? Yeah. But back to NXT TakeOver. Let's go go through the show. We're all over the place today, which is fine. I didn't even, you know, I, I, I'm doing the Mac Weldon ad like Mac Mm -hmm. Weldon. I think they're the website, by the way, you know, I say this with all sincerity, the Mac Weldon website to actually go and do shopping. I mean, if you don't want to go to the store and try and close, it's the easiest, it's the easiest website I've seen for actually shopping. You go to like the Macy's or Kohl's website and you're like, what are you doing here? You go to Mac Weldon. It's all there for you. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a WordPress site in a good way. Everything's just right there in front of you. You point and it's you very click. Clean. Very clean. Very clean. Yep. So uh, I did mention that uh, you can go there and uh, save 20% on your first order by using the code VOW. VOW, mm-hmm. 20% off your first order. And if you don't like your first order, you get to keep it. You get your money back. They have an excellent uh, customer return and appreciation policy. So MacWeldon.com, support them, support us. But let's start with Andrade CN. Almas going up against Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger is uh, back in his role of welcoming in the new guys. Gatekeeper. That's why they built him up. That's why he got a win. It's, it's fine. You know, you, you, you build up a guy with some credibility and then you have the new guy come in and beat him. And he looks like a star off the get go. And he's going to be Andre's going to be in the finals of this cruiserweight classic. This is very easy to predict. He's going to win. My own, the only thing they could do wrong here is give Dillinger way too much offense. Way too much, yeah. I think if you keep it kind of how the Apollo Crews debut happened, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, but you got to showcase Andrade here. Absolutely. You got to showcase Andrade. And the people in Full Sail still love Ty Dillinger, so losing, uh, everyone knows the deal there at Full Sail. They're not going to be like, oh, Ty Dillinger sucks. He lost to Almas. No. Ty Dillinger was great. He made Almas look great. We love Andrade and we love Ty. We can love them both. Uh, but this is probably going to be your opener of the night. They seem to like to do that. You know, Kevin Owens debuted in the opener. And uh, you'll have Ty Dillinger and Andrade Cien Almas 
And a lot of people who have never seen Andrade before, I think are going to be very impressed. I think this might be one of the better showcase debuts that NXT has had. And Andrade is the perfect guy to do it. So I'm really excited for that one. Now, this is where we start talking about how we don't know what's going to happen with this brand extension, but the brand extension does throw monkey wrenches into everything. Mm -hmm. This is American Alpha's first defense on TakeOver, the first defense at a TakeOver at Full Sail. They're facing off against the Revival, the Revival who just lost to Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Where do you see this one going? And does the draft play a role in where you see this one going? I'm trying to pick this without thinking about the draft, which is a mistake in many, many ways because you still have a couple months until this brand split happens. Yeah, you do. You have a whole month and a half before anything's going to be, you know, out there as far as live SmackDown. Live SmackDown doesn't start till July 19th. The Revival now have a built-in feud after this match with Gargano and Ciampa. They also have, what is it, the artist formerly known as the Mighty Don't Kneel, TM61, correct? That's right. TM61. TM61. American Alpha has nobody. There aren't any heel teams down there for them to feud with right now. So the obvious answer, if you're looking at the draft, you're thinking, yes, American Alpha gets drafted, but I think they I think they win their first match here. I I, I or their first defense. I, I just can't see can't see taking off belts in a first defense in any of these matches, to be honest with you, but especially this one. Unless you want to do like some type of gimmick match or a, a rubber match at NXT yeah, TakeOver way, Brooklyn. Yes, the only, oh, I, I remember what I wrote in my preview. The, the only way I see this is if there's an obvious shortcut for the win for the Revival. I don't see them yeah. pinning them clean, but, you know, brass knuckles, a kendo stick, a chair, chicanery of some sort. I could see that happening here for a storyline purpose and then the big SummerSlam blow off. But other than that. Yeah, because that, that's one thing we talked about last week. And I, I want to make uh, one correction. I had talked about how tickets had gone on sale at one point for NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn on last week's show. <laughs> and I was incorrect. The third party seats I was seeing were all like parking passes and other sh you know stuff that were not oh. actual tickets. The tickets for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn had not actually gone on sale but the pre-sale does start on Wednesday of this week. The tickets are back on Ticketmaster. WWE officially announced NXT TakeOver Brooklyn is happening on August 20th. Ironically enough, the same day that MMA reporters, especially Jeremy Botter, I believe Jeremy Botter broke this, the same day that CM Punk is being targeted to debut in UFC, August 20th at uh, UFC uh, 202. I think is the one the same night as Conor McGregor. So takeover Brooklyn is going to be going up against UFC 202 with a possible CM Punk fight. Now I'm uh, remaining on my stance, Jeff, that something will happen in between there and CM Punk does not actually end up fighting, but it looks like that is the date targeted for CM Punk's fight the same night as American alpha. And I don't know. It's very difficult for me to take the draft and backstage stuff out of this one. Because if you're going to bring up a team to SmackDown or Raw, American Alpha seems like they would be the most likely candidate. And you would think well, that you can give Revival a win. And this is why I think they need to go up with the belts. I don't think you have them lose and then go up just randomly. But I think, but I always think they have everybody. I think everybody in NXT, when they debut, they should have their title and then they drop them. Yeah. But, but you are right. I mean, they just, 
gave the revival a program to do afterwards with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. You got TM61 who are now on television. You you have stuff you can do afterwards. It it almost was as if they were planning uh, for a post American Alpha NXT in the tag division. Yeah, here's another possibility: Gargano and Ciampa interfere on behalf of the Revival, who they just beat, automatic number one contenders, to win the titles, and then you have a kind of a three way program in there. There there's 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 infinite possibilities here, but I just don't see American Alpha losing these belts. American Alpha gets the win in Jeff's book. Shinsuke Nakamura and Austin Aries. Austin Aries is coming in as the respected babyface, if you will. He hasn't come in there and like beat up Shinsuke behind his back or anything. He hasn't talked crap about him. He's obviously confident going in. But you got Shinsuke Nakamura, who's also equally, if not more so confident. Shinsuke and Austin Aries in a singles match, not billed as a number one contenders match, but you would think that the winner of this one is probably set up to be the number one contender uh, for the world title. Although, is that interesting in itself, Jeff, that it's not explicitly being built up as a number one contenders match? Because who knows what they're going to do with not only the title, but with NXT after July 19th. And that's probably why. But yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a good, solid match. It's not going to be up to Sami Zayn standards, as we've talked about before, but, you know, I think no, Shinsuke I, gets a strong, I think Sh- yeah. Shinsuke gets a very entertaining and strong win. Right, because I just don't think Austin Aries is as good as Sami Zayn or an AJ mm-hmm. Styles. I think he's good, but he's not that transcendent, you know, right. especially if he's going to go in as a babyface role. I would think that he turns heel at this point. Uh, Bobby Roode, we saw him at TakeOver Dallas. Does Bobby Roode make any type of appearance uh, in this match or anywhere on the show? It's possible. If, if this is, this possible. feels like, well, this feels like, you know, well, you know how we say this about B-pay-per-views? Yeah. A storyline show. It does, set up a bigger it? show. Yeah. It feels a lot like that. So, yeah, that's why I'm saying it's it, possible. I, I don't think I don't think we're going to get the clean finishes yeah. that we're used to in an other of NXT takeovers of old. Let's put and it the, that way. Is this this feels the, like it might be a sports entertainment show. Is this the first takeover to kind of feel like that since the, you know, the OMG era of takeover where everything was awesome and you're getting new debuts and you got super awesome title matches and women's title matches? Uh, we're kind of back. I mean, I like every match on the show. I really do. But mm-hmm. it is kind of like, you know, all this stuff is a wait and see because what is going to happen with the brand extension? What's going to happen with TakeOver Brooklyn? Like, TakeOver Brooklyn is going to be the big show. That's the A show. We just got to get there. This is the least anticipated NXT TakeOver special that I can remember. Except maybe the Charlotte Natty one that headli- that was there. But I forgot what, what was the headlining match on that one. Of Charlotte and Natalia? Oh, yeah. it had to have been something involving Neville for the title. Maybe that one. Maybe that was le- less anticipated than... Actually, no, it wouldn't have been because that, that main event program was hot. Was that, so. fa- was that Fatal 4-Way, maybe? I, I think so. I don't remember which takeover it was, actually. But I think that was Fatal 4-Way, so that was hot. So, no, this is the least anticipated takeover special ever. Least Which means it could over-deliver. Ever. Which means it could over-deliver. It could. We have low standards for it. But on the other hand, they could just, you know, they could say, well, let, this is a holding pattern show. Let's do this and, and build some storylines to go into the bigger show. We got uh, NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way was not the one with Charlotte. That was Charlotte and Bailey. Uh, okay. Charlotte and Natalia was at NXT TakeOver, the first NXT TakeOver 
uh, right. main evented by Tyson Kidd and Adrian Neville for the championship. Also had Tyler Breeze mm-hmm. and Sami Zayn, which I remember liking a lot. Also yes. had, uh, obviously, the big match between the Ascension and El Locale and Callisto. Oh, God. Your Adam Rose and Camacho opening match. I may have to renege and say that this one's more anticipated than that. Certainly. Well, that one was anticipated because, I mean, people like, you know, Adrian Neville and Tyson Kidd were a big deal at the time. And But Charlotte and Natalia really going in was a big, huge match. Bret Hart was there. Ric Flair was there. Uh, I mean, that was pre, that was pre Bailey and Sasha Banks being what they were, you know, they were Mm -hmm. in the dark match on that show. Yeah. Where Bailey won by disqualification of all things. (laughs) So, uh, that takeover has definitely evolved quickly in the last, uh, two years for certain. What else we got here? We got Asuka and Nia Jax, the NXT women's championship. They took Bailey out to explain why she wasn't going to be on this pay-per-view. She's hurt. With the knee injury from television, Oscar and Nia Jax. Nia Jax, I thought, was in that contract signing. Nia Jax was brilliant. You know, she is much bigger than Asuka. She should not be super afraid of Asuka. You know, obviously, Nia Jax has lost to Asuka once, but she's grown since then. She beat Bailey. She's coming in with more confidence. And she straight up took an Asuka kick and caught it, laid out Asuka with a powerbomb, and now Nia Jax is coming in as this seemingly unbeatable beast, taking down Bailey, taking down Asuka. And maybe you worry about Asuka. Could this be another match that's impacted by the draft and what they're going to do with the women's roster? Could this all be so that, uh, you know, Nia Jax goes up there as a strong challenger only to get knocked down by Asuka and then Bailey comes back to claim her rightful rematch? There's a couple of different ways you can go with this one. I think, though that Nia Jax could win the championship here. No, I don't see that unless, unless Nia Jax gets some help from Eva Marie. That's the only way, and that's a possibility, but I don't see it. I think the interesting story for me is whether or not Asuka and Nia can have a fairly extended story match. Asuka hasn't been asked to work with weak people for a long amount of time. Not a long amount Dana of time. She's, Brooke, she's Dana, definitely worked with weak Dana people Brooke. on TV. She did with Dana Brooke. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. She did with Dana Brooke, and that was a fine little match for what it was. Bailey and Nia had a compelling story match that took some time to build, and it kept people engaged. I'm going to be very interested to see if Nia and, and, and Asuka can match that and if how Nia's confidence has affected her in this kind of more showcase role as Time has passed since her and Bailey's match, but I think Asuka wins this fairly easy. All right. Uh, if you want to look for a match that happens at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, you can very well do the match uh, with Asuka and Bailey, but maybe if you want to keep mm-hmm. Nia Jax involved, the triple threat wouldn't uh, be out of the question. If Nia Jax Oops. were to win the title here, you got Asuka going for her rematch, Bailey going for her rematch, as well as revenge over Nia. Too do- many cooks. Yeah. Give me, give me Bailey Oscar. Give me that one. Give me Bailey Oscar. <laughs> That's the one you want. That's the one you saw live. You were at Dallas mm-hmm. when that show happened. A more compelling story. Now we got the big one. We got Samoa Joe and Finn Balor in the cage. The first ever cage match in NXT. Samoa Joe, Finn Balor. Their singles matches were awesome. The blood coming out of Samoa Joe at NXT Takeover Dallas made that match extra special to watch live. It really, to me, gave a. Uh, not a not super compelling main event, some extra juice, no pun intended mm-hmm. with the blood, but I mean, it really did give it a new feel. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think here in the cage match, 
You're probably going to bleed. Probably not on purpose, but it's probably bound to happen. And I don't say you necessarily need blood for this one, but I think when you see the blood over Samoa Joe's face, there's just something about him that goes uh, to the next level. And Samoa Joe Finn Balor, I am really looking forward to this match. And on a show with Shinsuke Nakamura and Austin Aries, on a show with American Alpha defending the tag titles, on a show with Andrade debuting, on a show with Asuka in a match, because I love Asuka, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor, the main event, is the match I'm most looking forward to on this show. And here, if they are going to somehow co-promote or co-exist SmackDown and NXT is where you're going to get your interference. Because if you watched NXT this week, they made, Samoa Joe made a very big deal of the cage keeping people out. That's right. When this was there the, is a, I mean, going into go this ahead. match, the whole reason they had a cage was to keep them in, not to keep other mm-hmm. people out. So that's a new mm-hmm. interesting factor. They're right. Because, I mean, Samoa Joe, who were we? We weren't talking about keeping anyone out. Why are you bringing this up, bro? Exactly. You bring things up for a reason. There is a possibility the club could show up here. The cl- you think the club they, is showing up? There is a possibility, I think. Or Kenta. God, or, people or, just, people really do just want to bring Finn Balor into this club. No, 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 and no. And I get, I, I, I get have, why. I wasn't going to have, hold on, hold on, hold you're on, still hold telling, on. You're still telling me that he's involved with it. I'm, I'm telling you they're keeping Finn Balor away from this club, period. That I am, okay, I am believing that nowadays. I am believing that they're they keeping are these two completely separated. I think there's chicanery somewhere. I'm trying to figure out where. Well, you got you got That's the options of uh, you mentioned today with Tommy that that could be something. You uh, you got Bobby Roode who's just sitting around mm. and has history with Samoa Joe. Okay, I think someone's. Let me put it this way: I'll, I'll make it simple. Someone's interfering on Samoa Joe's behalf to screw Finn out of this title. And what a way to end it because, you know, this, this is being billed as the end. No more Samoa Joe Finn Balor. But if you have someone screwing Finn Balor of the ti- championship, you would think that Samoa Joe Finn Balor would not be over. God forbid we have a TNA faction in NXT. Team TNA. Oh, God forbid they oh. do some type of World Cup. Aries, Rude, Young, and Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't well, that would be extra special. NXT turning Eric Young as fast as TNA used to. Yeah. To be involved with that. But yeah, no, a, a good show on paper. I don't think it's the most stellar card that we've had lately going in. Uh, but there is a lot of stuff that can be done to uh, turn it into a really excellent takeover. Uh, not trying to be negative or anything. I'm, I'm going to enjoy the show. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be think, a lot of good yeah. stuff. Uh, this, I, it doesn't read to me on paper going in a show that we are going to be raving about afterwards. Correct. Uh, and in some ways, having low expectations is a good thing. You have low expectations yes. going in. If they blow it away, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah, and, no. I mean, I mean, it's happened before. I mean, if you listen to our live post shows of NXT, we, we're, we're just like, well, we were expecting good, but we got great. So this could totally over-deliver, and I'd be very, very happy if it did. Yeah, me too. Me too. We, we will talk about this show. We will be back on Thursday. We still have our top 100 match to get to on this week's show, but we will be back with a new episode of Shake Them Ropes on Thursday, uh, talking all about NXT TakeOver, any of the possible surprises. Uh, also, if anything happens on Raw and SmackDown this week, anything uh, super of note on Raw or SmackDown, we're kind of in that lull with Raw and SmackDown. I mean, next week is going to be all the go-home stuff. Uh, so we're probably going to get a lot of the same stuff we've been seeing. We're going to get a multi-man of ladder match participants. 
We're going to see what's next in AJ Styles, John Cena. You know, I don't expect to blow away Raw, but if anything big happens on Raw, we will talk about it on Thursday's episode of Shake Them Ropes, as well as the next match in our top 100. But today on our top 100 list, we have Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn from Hardcore Heaven 1999. Uh, You know, last week, I think I mentioned that it was on Guilty as Charged. That was incorrect. This match did not take place on Guilty as Charged. We had our, I don't know what happened with our list. Maybe WWE initially put the wrong pay-per-view on their list that I got all these matches from. I'm not sure. But Hardcore Heaven 1999, the television title on the line. Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn. This was a rematch from Living Dangerously. Uh, What is largely described as the better of the two matches between Living Dangerously and here. Dave Meltzer giving it four and a quarter stars. I watched it. You watched it. Initial uh, thoughts after seeing this one again. What did you think of the TV title match on Hardcore Heaven? And we'll talk about this match before we get to, obviously, the main event, Sid Vicious. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. And yet, here you are pulling it on me. Uh, in hindsight, I didn't like this match. And it's so weird to me. I'm watching it going, they ranked this above War Games 92. That has to be Joey Styles. Oh, because, yeah. Joey Styles runs the website. So, I mean, I, I, and I think for me, it's Malaise yeah. over Rob Van Dam. It well, has to be Malaise over Rob Van Dam, never really changing up his act over 20 years. He gets put and but Jerry Lynn wasn't exactly crisp in this match either. He potatoes him in the eye, he potatoes him in the nose. He knocks himself out on one of those flimsy blue mats because he takes a bad bump. I mean, he literally concusses himself and has to finish the match half knocked out. It was it was an important Bill match. Bill Alfonso is blowing away. Yeah. Well, that's why it's on the list. And I get this, but as a match four and a quarter, I mean, yeah, Bill Alfonso blowing that damn whistle the entire time. Interference, interference, interference. I just, you know. And it's to all set up that table spot. I I'm not as impressed as some were back then. I was reading all the all the all the reviews of it back then. It's like, oh man, they work so smooth together and they're so great. I'll have to watch Living Dangerously to check. But overall, I was a little turned off by this match. But you know what? Your mileage may vary, and that's why we review these here. Rob, the floor is yours. I think it's no secret, and we've said it. I think we've said it before. Yes. We've gone through 70 of these matches now. I'm not taking too much issue with the order of the matches. I'll say whether I think it belongs in the top 100 or not. And so far, we've only seen very few matches that we felt collectively did not belong on the top right. 100. Most of these we can say, okay, that that belongs. You know, I don't want to do the, if we remove this, what do we put in? Could you see it on the top 100? Sure. Could I see this match on the top 100 for importance more so than actually in the ring? ECW gets overrated a lot Mm. and I'm not anti ECW. I enjoyed watching ECW. And part of the reason why I got into ECW was Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn, this particular match, the living dangerously match. Rob Van Dam was one of the reasons why I got into ECW and actually stayed watching ECW. Cause at the time you weren't seeing a lot of stuff like this. This was, uh, you know what they were doing was not out there at local independent shows. It wasn't out there on WCW outside of the cruiserweights. And even them, they weren't getting as much time as what Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam got here. But what you did see is a match that started as a back and forth, like who can control the mat based part of the match. Who's going to be better in the ring. 
It's that Eddie Guerrero indie style where they're all matching each other's move for move to the kip up and the fist yeah. drawn. Oh, yeah. yeah, they were they were yeah. matching up. They were matching up for sure. And a lot of people remember the Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn spots. I mean, when Rob Van Dam was doing his, uh, you know, they did spots like this on the ECW revival shows because everyone knew. When you go shades when, of ricochet and osprey to you know who, who you know we can top each other and or we're mirrors of each other so we're equal type of thing to start yeah. with for those in the modern parlance if you want to go with that it, it was it was a lot of that but what it, it didn't stay that way for 25 minutes they started in the ring but then it was effectively an outside the ring brawl and then they would come mm-hmm. back in for a minute go outside the ring and brawl come back in for a minute the big spot of this match being the sunset flip power bomb i mean jerry lynn and rob van dam sunset flip power bomb from the ring apron to the floor through a table was the big spot Mm -hmm. of this match. It turned into not a Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn match, but what a lot of people thought were ECW matches at that time. Like that's how an ECW match looks. Yeah. And that's why for me, the 99 era TNN ECW and on is a little overvalued. Well, that's once, a, once the raids happened by yeah. WCW and WWE, the initial ones to me, W or ECW is then known as kind of the, you know, it, it's a, it's like CZW in some ways, but with, with talent, we now know more better in terms of name recognition, but it wasn't a promotion that I was in love with necessarily. It just seemed to be a very hardcore promotion, which, for me, the the glory of ECW was the mixture and styles that you'd have up and down the card. But once Lynn knocks himself silly and these mats that he landed on, you know, I know he was I, I know it's hard to control that kind of bump there. But this blue mat, it's like the equivalent of putting a bedspread on a concrete floor and saying that's a safety mat. These things were flimsy as hell. Oh, yeah. And, and he knocks himself silly. And they really should have ended the match at this point, but they kept going through and he was a trooper. But four and a quarter seems very generous to me. That was entertaining, but I think, you yeah, know, Rob Van Dam goes in and he's super cocky. The thing is, this was also the end of the Rob Van Dam glory period. You know what drove me nuts about that this match? The one thing that really got me going well is when, when Lynn hits him with the elbow to the eye and is bleeding and he's taking that, and this is old school me talking, so please, those of you who don't like that about me, take it with a grain of salt that this is me kvetching about, okay? And I forg- forgive me, please. But, but he takes like three minutes to pose in front of the crowd and go, this is why I'm a better wrestler, because I don't end up hit really hitting the guy. And it breaks the fourth wall to the point where it just took me out of the rest of the match. Yeah, I think I saw this match first on ECW on TNN. I think they replayed yeah. this one. It might have been Living Dangerously, but I think it was this one right here that they replayed in full on one of those uh, early ECW on TNN episodes. So I would watch it on Friday and I actually saw Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn and that's when I said like, okay, I'll I'll keep watching this. And then they had matches on the old uh, the hardcore DVDs that would be released uh, from ECW and I would get a couple of those. And, uh, you know, I, I liked it at the time. I, I enjoyed it watching now. I just, you know, ECW as a as a whole was rather overrated than, you know, not necessarily bad. Just a lot of people look at ECW with rose-colored glasses because it was their and local here's, thing. Here's the danger of me reviewing this match the way I did. What's our dangerous? next match? Our next match yeah. is the match that got me into wrestling. Really? Angle. So so yeah. Oh, Tully Blanchard versus Magnum TA. I quit. Yeah. Starcade. 1985. That's right. Thursday. This, this, this is this is why I, I, we may have to push this. 
that really? I may need some time to put together something for, for the people, for the chillins. I may, but you, Well, you I don't have not. time. We're talking about it Thursday. Oh, <laughs> We're talking about Watch it now. Watch it after we do the show. It's not that. It's I want to get some clips of the buildup that's not on the network because the, the promos for this thing, especially the go-home promos and the story behind it are so engaging to me. And, of course, this is me looking on it fondly from the past. So, yeah. so if people really love that this is massacre, you, you liked that? You're, you're a terrible person. Go go to hell, you stupid <laughs> podcaster. Wow. I don't know what that voice was. I don't know what that yeah. voice was either. But, yeah, we're going to talk about Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA, match number 30 on the Top 100 Countdown. We're going to talk about it on Thursday at the end of our NXT TakeOver review. We will talk Tully Blanchard. Magnum TA for the U.S. title, the I Quit match from Starcade 1985. I was four years old when this match took place, or not four years old, four days old, rather. Mm. Uh, super young. Four days old when this match originally took place. I will be watching it for the first time. This will be my first viewing ever of Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA. So that'll be a you cool. You can watch it in a vacuum without the angles and the and the promos. That's gonna be interesting. I that's what I do because I, I don't I don't want to see the buildup. I just want to see the match at the time. So I wanna oh, you uh, now you can talk about the buildup. You'll talk about the buildup and everything on that. It's show. not that, it's just it's the whole experience of the thing. That's why I, I don't that's why I yeah, kind of sour her but, wrestling. It's like I just don't want to watch the match. I want right. to watch everything around it. Right. I, I'm just not I'm not gonna watch four weeks of television and then this match. Mm. And Maybe it's not because I'm willfully being ignorant. I just think that's the gimmick no. of this countdown for me. I want to watch oh. just the match. I got to stay true okay. to the gimmick of the countdown. At least uh, that's what I say. Plus, I was four days old. Like, you know, the match is going to be good. I'm not going to watch four YouTube clips and say, oh, I really need to see this match. I love promos. so oh, I do, too. I'm a, I'm a promo guy. So I originally, when I first started liking, when I started getting into CM Punk stuff on the indies, it was because of his promos. I never cared for the matches. I think CM Punk's sloppy in the ring, but he gets you so invested in the match that you do want to see who wins. You do want to see what happens in the, in the ring. That's why I'm a big fan of Raven in WCW because he was the only guy outside of the NWO who actually got mic time. I'm a big fan of promos too. I love promos. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a guess here. I'm going to speculate that you don't see this match as a big deal. I'm going, I'm just going to say that. I tell you what, Probably. maybe if this were two weeks ago, do I see it as a big deal? Yeah. I mean, as overrated, possibly. Well, I haven't seen it yet. As, so a, as a match, that. as a match in the vacuum, maybe. I don't know, but, but we'll get to it next. I don't see it overrated. Thursday. I will tell you what, watching, you know, I never go in thinking, oh, I'm not going to like this match, especially oh, not no, after watching like last it. week's with the Sting Squadron match with the War Games 1992, because that match blew away anything I could have thought. Okay. So I'll give this one every chance. I'll go in watching it, uh, especially knowing how big Magnum TA was at the time. So, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. I, I don't know if I can tell you I'm going to find it overrated or underrated. I don't know. We'll find okay. out Thursday what I, uh, what I feel about this match. We're going to talk about NXT TakeOver at Full Sail. The end, the show we're going to talk about on Thursday. We're going to have match number 30 on our countdown. We'll talk about the big things from Raw and SmackDown. I wanted to close just on the last week, Jeff, we ended the show in a fun way. And I got some people, uh, some people talking, a lot of people asking me, did the show cut off early? We didn't get the mock it's draft. <laughs> we didn't get the mock draft. Yeah, we were, do we, have uh, a Twitter, do we have a Twitter question before you, we do go? have a Twitter question actually, before we go, but I okay. wanted to address okay. this, uh, this ending here. 
Okay. Uh, yes, we were lampooning, if you will. The fact that it seemed like every podcast under the sun last week did a mock draft when there's absolutely no information about even having a draft yet and no idea what's happening. Maybe we'll do some type of mock draft as the draft comes nearer a month and a half from now, eight episodes from now, basically. Uh, Maybe we'll do something then. But yes, your, your podcast did not cut off early last week. We did not actually do a mock draft. But it is time for our Twitter question of the week. Ending the show hot with our Twitter question. It relates to uh, Bray Wyatt, Jeff. Okay. Sean asks, hey, Rob and Jeff, who do you think should cast Sister Abigail? I wonder if Rosemary from TNA might be a good fit. Or anyone from the Indies or possibly Sarah Del Rey. Jeff, if they cast someone as Sister Abigail, do you think they go outside the current promotion to find it? Do they find maybe an actor to play the role and not an actual wrestler? Or do they find someone who is uh, on NXT's radar or possibly even in NXT right now? Do you, do you see Sister Abigail coming? I think it's better as a creepy apparition or a figment of Bray's imagination. I think an interesting pick would be Bailey. And then you do the rebirth to make her into a superstar, but it might be too late for that, given all her heat now from from being in NXT this long. That was my original pick when the when the when the character was first mentioned. You kind of do this thing where you know, and then she's reborn as Bailey. Yeah, you know, I could see a Billy Kay or a Peyton Royce pulling this off, or even an Alexa Bliss in some way. But I, I think they 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 don't go outside the system unless they're going to pick someone like a Santana Garrett. You know, I could see, you know, if they were really going to go with someone different on the ro- on the main roster that could skip NXT, you know, the crazy Mary Dobson's of the world, but she's yeah, far she's too. Yeah, far I, too, I just far don't too see awful. that. And I don't see them. And I don't. Yeah, I don't see them wanting a brawler like that really in in on the main roster. So right now they're going to look in developmental yeah. and see the negative who wants to play a character who want, it's going to be kind of like the Serena Deeb thing where it's like, OK, who's willing to shave their head right now? OK, you're in. All right, the negative of uh, putting someone who's currently in on NXT TV like a Bailey or Alexa is you did all this work on their character and then you throw them into mm-hmm. something they've never done before mm-hmm. and haven't yeah. portrayed. You know, they I would err on I would err on the side of someone we haven't seen on TV. Because imagine is in the system. Imagine if they rehab Emma so well in NXT and then all of a sudden it's like Emma, we're calling you back up, but you're going to be Sister Abigail. Like I I haven't done this in NXT. I something I've been doing in NXT is working. Why not just bring up what is working instead of throwing me in some character role that doesn't make any sense for me? But they and do it, that all the time. Oh, they, they do, do that absolutely. all the time. Oh, I know they do. They haven't done it as much as they used to pre-developmental center, you know, pre-NXT. They haven't done it as much, but you are right. They still do it. So good show. A lot of stuff to talk about next week. Not even next week, three days from now. I hope you guys enjoyed our NXT TakeOver preview and our random hip hop and skipping across all the different areas we uh, we skipped from, from Goldberg to Brock Lesnar to NXT to MacWeldon.com. PWG. And PWG, Cody Rhodes, breaking news. Maybe the biggest contribution to the show came from Jeff Hawkins talking about Cody Rhodes. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for Cody Rhodes' indie run. I really am. Cody Rhodes, the number one person you want to see Cody Rhodes wrestle, Jeff, is who? Everybody. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, 
craveably sweet mustard sauce and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.